The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzchak Silber, Dayan and author of The Code of Jewish Conduct, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. The center can be reached for dispute resolution and many other halachic services at 888-485-VAD or at the halachacenter.org. A shoyma who has to pay. Uh, when a shoyal has to pay, we will be shomim, like all nizikin, we will be shomim the novella or the shvorim. Meaning, take the carcass, the owner will take back the carcass, if the animal was worth 100 before and now the carcass is worth 20, you can feed it to dogs. So take the carcass and I'll pay you 80. Take the broken pieces, however much they're worth, that they're worth for people who buy broken pieces to scratch their backs or whatever, that's how much they're worth. I will add to that the difference between how much they were worth before and how much they're worth now. So we're going to ask, how much were they worth before when you deposited them with me or before the damage? And how much are they worth now that they are broken or dead? And the difference between that and that is what he'll pay. So he'll give back the pieces or the carcass and he will pay the difference. Um, now, what happens if the carcass was worth 30? The animal was worth 100 and the carcass was worth 30. By the time we got to Bastin, uh, the carcass is only worth 20 because it's not so fresh anymore and most dog food factories are not going to be interested in buying it. So it's gone down in price. It's only worth 20. Well, I will only pay the difference at the time of the damage, like a muzzik. I'll only pay you 70. That which it went down another 10 between now and the Hamoda Bedin, between the Shavuro Mesa and the Hamoda Bedin is not my department. I'm only paying the damage that I did, which was at the time of the damage. Uh, however, if the carcass or the pieces got stolen or got lost, now the shoyal has to pay the whole hundred. He can't say to the mashil, take your pieces, because he's got nothing to give to the mashil. So he'll have to pay the whole hundred. Um, the shomrim who come to pay, they will have to pay according to the value of the deposit at the time of the negligence or at the time of the geneva, the theft or loss. Whether it went up in value since the time when it was deposited or whether it went down in value since the time of it was deposited. So if something was worth 110 when it was deposited and by the time it got damaged was worth only 100, the, or our calculations of the difference between the pieces and, and uh, what it was worth and what it is worth will be according to 100. However, if it was worth 150 when it was deposited uh, and, and by the time it got to the loss, the damage, it was worth 200, then our calculations will be according to the 200. Uh, some say that if really you're potter from paying and you're just coming to pay, then you're paying out of the good of your heart because you don't want to make a shvua. So then you will pay according to the value of the time of the picodon. You can only go, this opinion holds that you can only go and judge how much I have to pay, the difference in what it was worth and it is worth, at the time of the pshia or the, the shvura mesa or, what, or the gnev veda. If uh, when I did that, I was, I was responsible for doing that. 
But if I wasn't, couldn't be held responsible for doing that, I'm just paying out of Minadiva Slibi, out of my own goods kite, then you, you can't charge me, f- you can't, you, then, then you can't charge, there's, there's no, there's three things that happens over here. There's, there's, when it was deposited, there was when the damage happened, and there was when we're standing in Bastin. So we're being mechaev by when the damage happened. That's only in a place where you can be mechaev me for the damage. But in a place where really I'm potter for the damage, and I'm only paying out of my own goodwill, then you can only be, make your calculations according to the value of when it was deposited. That's what this opinion holds. Uh, a shayma who paid the price of the pikodon, he paid up, whether he was obliged to do so according to aloha, or whether he was not obliged to do so according to aloha, and afterwards they found this deposit somewhere else, it had been re- the, 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 if it was a stolen article it had been given back, or if it was lost it had been found, he will give it back to the bailim and he will get his money back. Um, I had a, a, a workman came over one day during question time in yeshiva. Uh, he had been a, doing a job for somebody up the road and the balabais had borrowed his uh, electric screwdriver and didn't use it himself but gave it to his worker to use and instead of giving it back and hiding it away together with all the other tools in a good hiding place he just left it on the counter of the store and it vanished well, that's, his worker says he left it on the counter of the store nobody knew who took it away from there so he wants to know if who's Chayas I said yes you've given it away to the you, you lent it to someone he was a Shemer Shemosar a Shemer and he is obliged to pay he did, he, even if he wouldn't have been Mosel Hashemah to his worker, he has not yet done a Hashava, he didn't give it back to you yet. He put it in an irresponsible place and it's got lost or stolen from there. He has to pay you. However, I told him, how much does such an electrical screwdriver cost? He told me about 300 shekel. I told him, how long have you had it for? He said, about a year. So I said, well, he, well how much would you pay for a new screwdriver like that? So I don't need a new one if I've got one. So I said, yes, but how much would it be worth for you for to, to have a newer one than you've, than you've got? Probably about 150 shekel. He said, yes, probably. So I said to him, well, you can't take 300 shekel from him. You can only take 150. So he was all upset about that. He says, well, how am I going to buy a new one? I asked him, how much was the contract of this job? He said it was 5,500 shekel. I said to him, you're doing a 5,500 shekel job for him and you can't come towards him and, and at least 150 shekel. And, uh, okay, he said, oh, he took my good advice and he thought maybe that's something to think about. And then I said to him, but you should know, even if you take just 150 shekel from him, if tomorrow you find that electrical screwdriver somehow between your tools or someone put it down somewhere else, you're going to have to give him back the money, even though you bought yourself a new one. He said, well, I can't work with that. I need a new one. So I said, well, you, you can buy a new one. That's fine. Just if you find the original one that he's paid for, you're going to have to give it back to him. His, you're going to have to give him back his money because you found it now. Um, he went away. I'm sure he had to make his own decision. Uh, I could only give him advice. There was once a story in Yeshiva Smir where... Uh, the Rosh Chabura of a particular Chabura, his wife was a Shetel Macha, and she gave the she she had needed to send a Shetel from the neighborhood where she lived to a different neighborhood. So her husband brought it to Yeshiva, and they sent it with he sent it with one of the people in his Chabura, 
This younger man in the Chabura had never heard of a shaitl costing more than uh, about $100, $150. Little did he know that this shaitl that he was currying was worth $1,500 and was being specifically designed for a certain simcha. And uh, lo and behold, he, it vanished. And he was sure that he went to Daven Mincha in the Shtibol and he put it down on the bench behind him and somebody walked away with it. I personally held that that's not a pshia, to put it down on the bench behind you in a shtibol, just the Davin Shemona Esther, is not a pshia. Uh, somebody else said it is a pshia. Um, either way, whether he paid or not, and whatever, he, he came along saying it should, be, it should have a din like somebody who deposited a silver, um, silver um, article and, and claimed it was silver and really it was gold. I only accepted responsibility for four or five hundred shekel. Had I known it was worth a thousand five hundred dollars, I would have been much more careful. I would never have accepted such responsibility. That's what he came along with, which both of us really refuted. We did not like that taina at all. But I wanted to say he'd done a proper shmira. The other person said not. Um, I don't remember if he paid or not. I think they made some kind of pshara. A few months later... He found this shaitl in the same carry bag, in the same box, hanging on a, a on the coat rail right next to where the chabura is. Lo and behold, he opens it up. It's the same shaitl. It's got the name on the box and the address and everything. He goes back to the Rosh Chabura and he says, here's your shaitl. The Rosh Chabura says, well, thank you for the pshora that we made. Maybe it was $750 or whatever a few months ago. I don't need this shaitl now. My wife has nothing to do with it. That was a particular design for a particular woman, for a particular simcha, and we just had to get a replacement. We've got nothing to do with this one now. So he said, well, I've got nothing to do with it either. So they came back to the Rav, and of course, as we're saying, you, even though you have paid, whether you needed to pay or you didn't need to pay, now that you've paid, if the article has been retrieved, then you do have to give back the money that you got. So poor Rosh Chabura had to give back $750 and give this shaitl to his wife to try and find something to do with it. Uh, what about if somebody has been reimbursed by an insurance company? Some poiskim say, even though the insurance company is indemnifying the loss, Still, the Shaima has his Dine Torah of replacing the loss. Uh, some poiskim argue, because you didn't have a loss, I didn't cause you any loss, you were reimbursed, uh, indemnified. Uh, others say, when you deposited the article by me, I knew you had insurance, and I only accepted responsibility over the article, on, on, the, on, on the knowledge of you having insurance, knowing that if something small happens, I'll be willing to pay the first uh, few hundred dollars, whatever the minimum is, of hishtatfutatsmi, of, of personal, you, you also have to put something towards it. But, uh, but any more than that, I wasn't interested in, in accepting such responsibilities. Uh, it's a shaila. So if a person was reimbursed, indemnified by an insurance company, it is a shayla. It would seem, on the face of it, that according to the Din Torah, the shayma still has to pay, because that's what it says in the Pesukim and in the Mishnais and the Gemara, that you uh, safeguard an article, an object, you didn't do a very good job, and whatever happened, happened, now you have to pay. The fact that his grandmother feels so bad for him and wants to buy him another one, or the fact that his insurance company is willing to replace it, is irrelevant. You're a shayma and you have to repay.
What about if the Shema died? If a Shema died, that's the biggest onus in the world. Once he's died, he doesn't have to Shema anymore. He can't Shema anymore. On the other hand, what about his orphans? Maybe they have to Shema. No, the orphans never accepted any responsibilities on themselves. And it's impossible to be Mechaev, the orphans, even for Pshia, even for negligence. You cannot hold the orphans responsible. Uh, just if they actually damaged it, in, actively damaged the article, then they may have to pay. For instance, if a father, the beginning of the next payrick, if a father had uh, borrowed a cow, their father had borrowed a cow and died. And then the children, thinking it was their father's cow, shechted it, slaughtered it and ate it, they will have to pay for the pleasure they had. They will have to pay how much benefit they had, two-thirds of the price of meat. If a soicha or a shoyal die, the yoshim are allowed to continue using this article, this, the soicha, this rented article or this borrowed article, until the end of the said time. If it was borrowed for 30 days, the orphans can continue using it for 30 days. If it was hired for 30 days, the orphans can continue using it for those 30 days. Um, there are dinim about schirus and she'ela of kalim and behemoth to goyim who will do malachas with them on Shabbos. They are in Orechaim, Simon Reishman Vov, and anybody who does have a car rental company or anything like that should find out how to organize things in a way that there shouldn't be a shayla of Chilol Shabbos. Uh, any other can, a, a common question, can you rent a house to or a, a store to people that are obviously doing big Averis over there? Is it Lifne Iver? Well, the Poiskim do speak a lot about Schiros uh, of Karkois or of anything else to, you can't rent a plough to an Amaretz during Shvirs if he, or even a cow if he's going to use it to plough. You can rent him a cow that he's using for milk or to, for transport, but not for ploughing. Um, can you, so there are various different conditions. It's quite common that somebody may have had a house in a Jewish area and it's, the area has been overrun by Goyim or not from Yidden who want to rent this house and they're going to obviously be doing Isurim over there. They're going to be Machal Shabbos there. They're going to do all kinds of things. Can you sell a pot to a non-from Yid that may use it to cook with on Shabbos? Well, the Poiskim set down a few. I didn't want to go into this now. The Avera that we're talking about is called Lifne Iver Loisitein Michshol, or Messiah Yedei Ivera Avera, helping people to do their Averas. Well, if you were, if you, if there are, uh, there are four or five conditions that some Poiskim speak about. Of course, it's only Lifne Iver if you're the only person. He can't get a store anywhere else, only from you. That's a Lifne Iver. But if he's got many other choices, it's no longer Lifne Iver. Is it Messiah? Well, it may be. So, be careful not to give him better conditions than anywhere else, a better price than anyone, anywhere else, better credit than anywhere else. It should be a situation where he can obtain similar, similar, a similar deal from somewhere else. Uh, if not, if you're the only one and it's through you, even if it's a goy, you may not be allowed to rent him this premises. Sometimes you buy a whole shopping mall and there's one of the stores over there that are doing one of the Gimel Averis. Uh, well, maybe a Ben Noyach has, it's, it only has an Isav, an Ish. There might be other Heterim. 
uh, it may be that this place has an 11-year contract that it's impossible for you to break. Uh, there may be other things to take into account. You may be sickened by the idea of having such a tenant, so don't blame you, but you may not have to suffer such a terrible loss because of it. Um, but do ask a Shaila. An apotropus, when there's nobody to take care of young orphans' assets and to save them from total loss, so either Bastin or the father of the orphans before he dies might have appointed an apotropus to take care of all of, all of whatever they need, um, like a foster father kind of idea. His din is of a Shemer Chinon. He is Potter from Geneva Varveda, but he will be Chayev Bipshia. Somebody who lends his money, uh, lends somebody else money and receives a guarantor. He has an object to guarantee that the loan will be paid up. The Shulchan Aruch says that he has a din of a Shemes Socha over this article because this article is like Sachar because it's guaranteeing a loan that he'll be replay, repaid. The Ramah says that he's only a Shemechinom. I didn't have to lend him money in the first place. I was only doing a mitzvah lending him money. I just want a guarantor to make a guarantee to make sure I'll get my money back. So if I took this article, it's for his good, not for my good, and I'm only a Shemechinom. Uh, a Shemer Aveda is also a machlokus. I found, found a lost article. Now I have to safeguard it until I give it back. Machlokus if I have a din of a Shemer Chinom or of a Shemer Socher until I give it back. Uh, sometimes when the Shmira is over, the dinim change and a Shemer can switch from being one kind of Shemer to another. If he has told the person who deposited it with him, come fetch it. Um, maybe he changes din, or maybe if he was only allowed to use it for 30 days and he's giving it back now after 32 days, his din might have changed from shale to something else. Uh, complicated dinim, I don't really want to go into them right now. Um, okay, these are the dinim of shamrim. These are the dinim of the shvua of shamrim. That we've, uh, we've said that uh, nowadays is, is uh, certainly not commonplace to make a shvua. These are the four shamrim with their dinim, the tonight that a shamer can make to, to shrug off any responsibility. So too, the mafkid can also make tenoim to add responsibilities. These are the dinim of shamerim that I would like to, that I wanted to talk about in this peric. Uh, for the rest of the peric, I would like to go back to a uh, few more dinim of Geneva and Gazela. Shkreach. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultation, service, educational seminars, or media, please call 1-888-485-VAAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the